Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We got my man Dalton Ross, the Hercules, in the house coming off the first ever, his first ever pro loss. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, how did you process your first first time losing? It was hard, man, especially right like right when it happened, you know. Uh, when that final bell rang, I knew I lost the match, you know. I let it slip away from me in the second round. Um, you know, I made some mistakes, caused me to get tired. And then, uh, you know, third round, I didn't really have anything left. And uh, when that final bell rang, I, I knew what the result was going to be. I knew I lost. Um, and, you know, it hurt right away. You know, I was in disbelief, even though I knew how the last, you know, eight minutes of the fight were going. It was still just like... It, it felt like it didn't feel real. And then, uh, you know, as I'm walking out of the cage to the locker room, it starts setting in a little bit more, sitting in the locker room. I'm getting down, but at the end of the day, you know, I've been here before. I've been here with wrestling. I've been here with football. Um, and I've been here in the gym, you know. I, I take losses in the gym all the, all the time. So even though it's – under the bright lights in front of thousands of fans and in front of millions on TV. It's, it's no different than what I'm experiencing in the gym, what I experienced in wrestling. It's the same feeling. And this time it's just more eyes on it. So um, it's tough regardless, but there's, there's things you could definitely take away from it. No doubt. I, I was, uh, had the pleasure of being there, you know, uh, in, in, uh, the middle of nowhere in South Dakota, you know, and I've, I haven't seen all of your fights, but I've, I've been in person for a good amount of, of fights. And in my personal opinion, you know, I, I don't think I've seen you lose many rounds, uh, let alone the fight. I haven't seen you lose many, many of the rounds that I've been to your fights. And, you know, I think it looks, you know, if I look at three rounds, you know, the first half, and for those of you that, that, that don't know, uh, this is your first time because Dalton's been on a, a few times. Uh, undefeated as an amateur, uh, was nine and zero, right? As a pro or eight and zero? Eight and zero as a yeah. pro. So now eight, eight and one as a pro. All his pro fights have been uh, in the Bellator uh, cage, uh, which has extreme talent, you know, in it. And I, I think in the in the three rounds, you know, the if I look at uh, almost like a football game, the first half. You know, I, I would make a case to say you won the first half and then you lost the, the second half. What what things do you think you've um, learned, if anything? You know, what do you think you learned from this fight? You know, there's definitely technical things that I could still work on. But the game plan going into the fight was strike. He's going to take you to the cage. We know that as soon as you get your back against the cage, circle him off disengage go back to the middle strike only wrestle if you need to only wrestle if it's there only wrestle if it doesn't expend energy energy and uh in between the first and second round my coaches reiterated the game plan because i was winning the first round handedly winning the striking exchanges even winning the clinch but they told me when you circle him off off of you you get his back against the cage you're back to the open disengage you're winning the clinch but you're getting tired. We can tell you're getting tired. And I sat there and told my coaches, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not tired. And they knew damn well I was getting tired, you know. Um, so they, even after I said that, they said, well, don't wrestle. You know, you got caught in that front headlock at the end of the, end of the round. You got hit with the knee in the head. It's illegal. But still, we don't want you there, you know. We don't want you to end up under him. We don't want him weighing on you. We don't want him causing you to use more energy than you have to. I said, okay, like I understood, like I was going to listen to them. Second round, went out, listened to them for 30 seconds, and then I got right back to doing what I was doing at the end of the first round. Why do you is, think that was? Why do you think that is? So I, I said it on my Instagram. You go to my post that I, I made, like I, I could sit here and give you a million reasons as to why I think I started wrestling. You know, there, there's when you're fighting, there's a difference between instinct and conscious thoughts so whatever i was doing was obviously subconscious it wasn't like 
my coaches told me like, hey, don't wrestle. And I'm like, I ain't fucking listening to you guys. So you, you don't know? think it was it was ego. It could have see this is what I'm saying. There's it could subconscious be a million because it, yeah, it could be you know, ego. I could you know, I've told you before when when we the had Romero Cotton Romero fight. Cotton mm-hmm. fight, right? And and he was a three time All American wrestler, national three-time champ wrestler. National champ, yeah. And uh I'm I, I know you. So uh I'm telling people behind the scenes that I know, I'm like, I know Dalton just because he's a three time national champ wrestler, Dalton gonna wanna take him down. He's gonna wanna wrestle him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and part of that, uh, I think, is what makes you you, is what makes you great, is that chip on your shoulder that that I'm going to prove you, you know, a little bit of ego, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you got to have in order to win. It can't be all passive in order to win, you yeah. know, especially when it's one-on-one and it's a, it's a dog fight. So, but how much of that do you think subconsciously even was like, yeah, they're t- I'm going to show them even I can win this on the cage? Because you were winning it. it, even though that was his game, I watched every time he got your back against the cage, you were able to easily reverse it and overpower him, you know, on the cage. I wonder if a piece of it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to show him again. I'm going to beat him at his own game. So I know a thought that crossed my mind for sure during the fight was when we were in the clinch. Every time I circled him back against the cage, I literally thought to myself, like, wow, is this all this kid has? Because you watch his fights – and he holds everybody there, and it's like they can't get away. And I was thinking all camp, I'm like, this kid can't really be that strong, you know, or he can't be that technical in the, in the, in the clinch where they can't circle off the cage or they can't move their feet and get out either way. So when we were in the clinch and I circled him so easy the first time, I was like, okay, maybe he wasn't expecting that because I landed some body shots and an uppercut right before I circled him. It was like boom, boom, and then circle. So maybe I caught him by surprise. Second time. Circle him again, pretty easy. And now, now I start thinking, like, like I said, is this all this kid really got? Third time, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is all he got. He's weak, you know. This kid isn't very strong. I'm a lot stronger than he is, which I expected, but I didn't expect the difference to be that much. And I wasn't even using all my strength. I was trying to conserve energy like my coaches planned. So me using 50% of my strength and being able to circle him like that, I was like okay, this is going to be easy. So that's why I kind of stayed in the clinch. I was like, I could just stay here. And then a little bit later in the round, I noticed I started getting tired. But one of the times, and this was completely accidental, I think, uh, although you can make arguments otherwise based off of other sequences that had happened during the fight, when he's pushing my face away on the cage, when he was trying to like get me off him, he was kind of stuffing his forearm in my face and pushing my face away. He dug his hand, or his fingers in my eye, so it was, it was technically an eye poke, and it, it had the same effect as an eye poke. I was seeing double in my right eye, but we're in the middle of the clinch. It's not like I could say anything to the ref, you know, like I can't see right now. He didn't see it. That's all he's gonna say, and we're gonna have to go back to fighting, you know. And then at that point, once I identify that problem, Aaron Jeffrey knows I can't fucking see. Right. Then he's gonna take advantage of it. Right. So I let that go, you know, and I stayed in the clinch for a little bit longer because of that. And then I disengaged when I felt like I could see well enough. And uh, so that was a little bit of it. And then the wrestling at the end of the round, he kind of like stuffed my head. So I just went for the shot, you know. So that was kind of like him pushing my head down. It was like his reaction or his offense or his defense, I should say, that caused me to shoot. And then that's why my coaches told me, don't wrestle. Yeah. You know. Yep. And then – Wrestling so in the you, second do you round. think do you think subconsciously it was it it was ego? It could be, and like what I was getting into there was kind of that you know where I felt a lot stronger than he was. I didn't think he had much for me. Uh, I knew that was his game, but I was like, okay, I'm just gonna beat him at his own game. Yep. I think it cost me energy, and then, uh, but the wrestling in the second in second round, it could have been that. It could have been. It was just instinctive. Like, I seen the first sequence when I shot in the first round. I was circling him, and he was, like, his leg was, like, low against the cage, and I went to, like, snatch, like, a, like an ankle pick, and then it didn't work. But I think the first one I went for was just because I thought it was there. Yeah. It wasn't because, yep. like, okay, I want to take him down. It yep. had nothing to do with ego. Yep. I just saw it, yeah, instant. and I reacted. Yep. Then he stopped that. He stuffed my head again. He made me start carrying his weight. 
And this is something that, like, we were having trouble with during camp, too. Like, when I would end up in the tie clinch, like, people would control my head easy. And my coach was like, we need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of pushing my head down, too, when mm-hmm. we were in this clinch. But he mm-hmm. was pushing it down between his legs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it looked like I was trying to wrestle, but really I was trying not to get choked. Was was there a uh, – was he was he trying a ten finger too at any any point? Yeah, it so like he tried he finger. tried he tried the ten finger guillotine when I was in on that that second double leg after I went for the the ankle pick. Yep, he stuffed my head in the middle. He pushed it in the middle, and then he trapped it with his forearm. When yep. I went back and watched the film, yep, which is uh, I mean it's pretty good tactic. But you got to do so you can't yeah you can't yeah. take anything away. And it from brings it. And it, it it's that's another one that'll that'll wear you out. You know, it cuts oxygen. Even if yeah, I don't the, even know how much of it was was uh, submission attempts versus just trying to be annoying uh, in that position because those are tough to finish. Yeah, you know, he you was making me carry perfect. his weight. So at the end of the day, I made some mistakes. Yep. But he countered the mistakes, and he had a he he was smart in there. We're nine fights in now to your pro career. How much do you feel like you've grown from fight one to fight nine going into fight ten? Do you feel like there's been a huge learning curve that you've learned a lot growth-wise? Or do you feel like you grew more from any one fight to the next that sticks sticks out to you? Mm, not one that I, I feel like I've grown every single fight. And I've said this to you all the time, you know. A lot of people love to throw around that saying, you know, you win or you learn. For me, I think that's bullshit because you should be learning in both. It's win or lose, learn in both. And uh, you should be learning in victory and defeat. And yeah. uh, now that I'm on the losing side of it, you know, I still feel the same way. But I think there's more that I can learn from this than I can in my victories. When I'm winning my fights, I go back and watch the film. I'm picking the things that I think I need to work on. You know, I'm like, okay, right. I made a mistake here. Right. But now that I'm on the losing end of it and I'm in bad positions and I'm losing these positions, regardless of what reason they are, I'm like, Okay, I need to fix that. And this fight, I believe it was mostly mental mistakes that ended up causing technical mistakes. But no doubt. And and a lot of the game is is mental. You know, I, I know you've seen we've seen people that, that went their career undefeated, but most of the greats in this game, you know, not everybody goes undefeated. Most mm-hmm. people actually, you know, some of the greats don't go undefeated, even though there's and I know that probably was in your mind of like that's what you want to do is, is go, you know, it 22 is. and 0, you know, 30 and 0, you know, whatever. Uh, but in this game, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, for people to run the gauntlet and go the whole way, you know, undefeated. So I know the version of you coming after this. I know your mentality. I know the, the way that you attack things. I know how much you throw your whole self, you know, into this game. Uh, I know there's going to be huge growth you know, coming from this stuff. And I know you've been a huge believer in, in uh, you know, people say you learn more from your losses. And you've always said, I'd rather learn from my wins. And you can learn, you know, from your wins. You don't need to learn from losses. You can um, learn from your losses in the gym. I think you're going to le- learn a lot. You know, I think you've already learned a lot, you know, yeah. from, from the losses. Speaking of the learning a lot from the losses, you know, I, I think uh, you've always, you know, you've had haters. I've seen trolls and, you know, and stuff in the past, social media. I, I was glad to be there with you, you know, in, in, uh, in my mind and heart. You know, I was hoping, you know, obviously I hope you never lose. But when I look at at going to your fights, I was hoping that if there was ever a day, you know, that that you would lose, that I would be there. You know, I would want to be there. I don't want to be there just for the wins. I would want to be there for for that moment. Um, you know, we it, on the journey of of increase on the journey of growth in anything, uh, the more you win, the more the more haters that that somehow attract mm-hmm. towards you, you know, and, and I knew that there would be an opportunity for people to come out of the woodwork, you know, and, and hate whenever, if that day, you know, would ever come. And there's, there was probably more, uh, trolling and, and negative, you know, people surrounding after that fight than any yeah. other fight, you know, that I've seen. So is there any, any message, you know, that you have in your mind to the, to the haters? Man, honestly, it made me smile because, They've been waiting, you know, what, what, seven amateur MMA fights and seven amateur boxing matches and now nine pro fights to finally have this moment. You know, they hated me for so long. They've been hoping every single time that I, I fight that they were going to have this moment, but they had to wait till now to get it. So if I'm living in your head rent-free like that 
and I'm having that much of an impact on your life, you need to look in the mirror. You know what I mean? You no need doubt. to reevaluate yourself. And uh, they could have their moment now because it's not going to last long. They think that, you know, I've, I've, I've even seen some people sending me screenshots of people from Newcastle, you know, posting their their uh, Facebook posts and their tweets and everything after the fight saying, like, I should find a new career and shit like that. Listen, what like you said, it's very rare that no anybody ends up undefeated in this sport. And one loss ain't going to define me. One loss ain't going to change the fact that I'm going to become a world champion. One loss doesn't change anything, man. And if that's how the if that's the way they view things, you know, they're never going to succeed in anything. Because no what has anybody on this planet done, whether it be business or even a normal nine to five sports, football, fighting, boxing, anything where they haven't taken a loss, whether it be, you know, you Public have a or private. Yeah. And it's like. You, you, for example, in business, if you're like uh, you, you own your own company and you have a contract with a, with another company to do services for them, and you get outbid, and then you lose that contract, you don't get the money because you're being a little bit too greedy. You wanted more money, and then you lose that. Are you gonna tell yourself like, oh fuck, I should find a new career? Right. No. Right. You're gonna you exactly know, dust dust it off. Amen. And you're gonna go try and find a new contract. You're gonna go Amen. try and bid with another company. Amen. You're gonna still get food on your table. You know what I mean? I think that's that's a uh part of the process, you know, that I've witnessed for anybody as a professional, you know, in anything is the, the more successful that you become, the more eyes that, that are on you and the more haters, you know, that are waiting to see you fail. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's a shame, you know, it's like, as you're, as you're coming up, you know, people root for you, people root for you more as an underdog. And, and then the, the more wins that you stack up, the more, people start to want to see you fail. Listen, the crazy thing is, is after I lost, there was a lot of people that reached out to me that never reached out for a win. You know what I mean? They were, uh, you, I have a lot of people reaching out for a win. So I should say this, like after I would win all my fights, every fight it would end up, I'd get more text message notifications, more Facebook, more Instagram, you know, I'd be blown up after. It would take me days to catch up on everything. No doubt. After my fight, you know, I look at my phone, not that I'm, like I said, not that I expect it, not that, really matters to me you know i lost i'll handle it i don't need anybody you know patting me on the back telling me it's going to be okay right been here before but i look at my phone and there's 24 text messages that's it and eight of them are from my brother hating on me telling me i have no submission game no ground game i need to work on my cardio i need no to doubt. stop cutting weight i don't know what the fuck i'm doing you know so i'm like i kind of expected this you know yeah and uh then to my surprise over the next few days, people, not just people that were supporting me already, people that never even said congratulations whenever I won are reaching out to me, telling me like, you know, you're awesome, you're inspiring, you know, keep your head up, this isn't gonna affect you, one loss isn't gonna define you, shit like that, you know, just inspirational messages, just reaching out, you know, making sure everything's okay. And I, it, to my surprise, like I said, it was a lot of people that I didn't even know yes. supported me, didn't even know that I fought, didn't even, there, there was a lot of people and, you know, I'm super appreciative of it. It's part of the, part of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's part of the mental process is, is coming up. You know, I remember times I've taken losses or I've had, you know, people criticize me and I've had to, you know, tell you like, don't sweat it, Dalton. Mm -hmm. You know, you ain't got to defend me. You ain't got to defend me to these people or I ain't worried about them. You know, you remember those conversations yeah. like I ain't, I ain't worried about them, bro. I, I've, I've started to get more and more conditioned through the come up of this is just part of the part of the game, you know? And I, I used to refer to, you know, you look at like a LeBron James, um, imagine LeBron, every chance he travels to different arenas, you know, you're, you're going to have people booing you from the stands. You're going to have people talking, talking about your mama and putting holding signs up, you know, talking about you, hoping that you lose. You can't go running up there and arguing with every certain person in, in the arena because they're buying tickets to come there and watch you live out your dream. And most of the people that do things like that, uh, they're not living out their own dream, mm -hmm. you know, so they start taking that out, you know, on somebody else. Usually the critics and the haters aren't the ones that are are successful in their own right because they know what it what it requires they know what it costs and it's usually you know it's that old saying of you know you usually won't find a hater 
doing better than the person that they're that they're hating on. You know what I mean? So uh, it's all part of the process, all part of the journey for anybody listening out there, uh, whether it's it's publicly, whether it's in, in fighting in the cage in business and basketball and football, whatever it is, the more success that you have, the more that you have to get comfortable and embrace the process of having people that want to do that stuff. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, makes you you is is the confidence level that you bring, you know, to the game. Uh, I know your confidence level was super high you know, coming into the fight and it's always super, super mm -hmm. high. Has, has your confidence level, did you feel your confidence level shake at all through your first loss? No, if anything, I'm more confident now because in the first round, I not only showed everybody what I'm capable of, but I showed myself, you know what I mean? He's a high level fighter. He's one of the best fighters in the world as well. And, uh, you know, in the first round, I just felt like I made him feel out of place and I felt levels above him. And the, uh, you know, what happened later in the fight was uh, pretty much me, I got tired. And the reason I got tired because I got away from the game plan and I didn't listen to my coaches. So, you know, it is what it is. Cardio, your gas tank, everything else is a part of the fight game. It's part of the fight. So at the end of the day, he beat me at that. But whenever it came to skill, speed, power, strength, everything else, I was a better fighter. And uh, you like think said, experience played into it at all? He no. had double the fights. No, I don't think that no. played into it. I think I think at the end of the day, I, I was very confident before the fight. I made a lot of bold predictions and I said a lot of bold things. You know what I mean? And uh, I was getting some hate after the fight for it, you know, because there's people putting it in their back pocket. It. You know, they, they see me say these things. They're putting it in the back pocket and they're like, OK, if he loses, I'm going to. You know, this Talk age shit. well, you know, yeah. you, see, you see that type of shit all the time. No doubt. But when I say this shit, man, this is MMA. This is sports. Anything could happen. You know, people lose in sports all the time. When I say this shit, it's not, I'm not scared to say it for being humiliated. I'm saying it because I believe it. I'm not saying it to talk shit and trying to promote a fight. Everything I say is what I believe. I believe in myself. I'm confident in myself. And just because I made a prediction and I was wrong it's not the end of the world. It's not going to change my confidence. My confidence is based off of what I do in the gym, what I've done my whole entire life, my belief in myself, my belief in my training partners, my belief in my coaches. It's not artificial. It's not reinforced by wins and it's not reinforced by yes, men. Mm. It's lit. My confidence comes from within. It comes from everything I do. It comes from my work ethic. And I know all that's there at the end of the day. I know I'm not being beat because I got outworked in the gym. No doubt. That's at the end of the day. That's what it. That's what it's about for me. I'm gonna go back to the gym. I'm gonna keep working. I'm gonna get better, and uh, I'm gonna fix these mistakes. And I'm gonna be just as confident, if not more, next fight. Energy level, you know, wise. Do you think was there anything that you learned or or process with energy level going into the fight? You know, excitement, enthusiasm, how you handle that stuff. Whether it was the build up to it, the walkout, any anything that you grasp from that. Yeah, so this fight, I said before the fight, it was the best I ever felt before a fight. And that was the honest God truth. It's the best I ever felt. And you see people say all the time, especially fighters, they say that before their fight, and then they go and have a shit performance, and then they say, they start making excuses. I injured this, I injured that. You know, the day before the fight, I was having, I ate something bad and was having, like, digestive issues or had a fucking stomach bug, whatever the hell they said. You see so many excuses. Um, for me, it was the best I ever felt. You know what I mean? You have injuries every single camp. You have bumps and bruises. You're not going to get away with that. This is a brutal sport. So anybody think they're going to go into a fight 100% is mistaken. They're lying to themselves. But all that aside, this was the best I ever felt. I felt like I was in the best shape I could possibly be in. And I know that didn't show during the fight. But before the fight, I, it was the best I felt. I was super confident. I was making those predictions because I was confident in myself. I felt like I was levels above the guy. And uh, even though I ended up losing, I still felt, still felt great. I just didn't have the best performance that I could have. I ended up getting tired, like I said, because I got away from the game plan. That's what made me tired. If I stuck to our game plan, I could have fought at that pace all day long. That's what I was training for. And uh, it just didn't work out for me. What's, what's the plan on, uh, you know, how are you going to respond to this like what's the what's the thought process of all right here's my response because life is all response you know you have uh 
things that go on and then you have your response and then you have the, the outcome, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes the things that go on are in your control. Sometimes the things that, that go on aren't a hundred percent completely in your, in your control, but the response is something that's usually always in, in your control. What's, what's the response like, you know, where do you feel like your response is, is that, how are you going to respond? So like I said, I've, I've dealt with losses before in wrestling, other sports, and this is a little bit different because in the aspect that you're fighting in front of a million, millions of people on TV, thousands of people in person. Uh, so it, for a lot of people, this can mentally break them. They could be too humiliated. They might quit fighting. I've seen it happen before. They get one loss and they quit fighting. You never see them in the gym again. Or you see guys that they keep fighting and it takes a mental toll on them where they don't believe in themselves and they don't train as well. They don't fight as well every single time they go in that cage that's on their on their mind. They're like, am I going to lose again? Am I going to get humiliated again? And uh, that can really ruin people's careers. But uh, I know I'm not that not that type of person. So this is if anything, this is just going to fuel me. And uh, I told you before, I have my motivations in place. I don't need any external motivation, but. This is this is adding fuel to the fire, for sure. No doubt. Uh, any chances you think uh, for a rematch? Yes. You know, down yes. the road. I'm hoping after this next fight, I can call for it. I'll get the rematch. And uh, like I said, I know I can beat this guy. So you would want a rematch for sure. Immediately, if they if they gave me the rematch, if the fight went a little bit differently, and I was able to call it for a rematch right now, you know, granted with my popularity in the promotion now and everything that I did before this the win streak and I've gained some rapport with the matchmakers and everybody I feel like they would have done it maybe immediately if had the end of the fight gone differently but you know the second half of that fight the last eight minutes eight and a half minutes I fought like dog shit you know what I mean I did not look good I did not feel good anymore and uh so an immediate rematch obviously wouldn't be on the table. I have to earn that back, and uh, I'm ready to earn it. You know, I'm gonna fight my next fight, and I'm looking to go out there. And you hearing anything it. from uh, on when the next fight may be? You think you get one in by the end of the year? I'm hoping November. I've been on my manager about getting November. I actually texted him right before we started this uh, interview. I've texted him out of the. It's been 14 days since my fight. Out of the 14 days, I've probably texted him 10 or 11. I gave him a few days break here and there when I t- could tell he was getting a little frustrated with me. But I'm like thinking to myself, this is your job, man. You know what I mean? I know you got other fighters, but I want to get back in there. I only fought once this year, and I want to fight again before the end of this year. I want to get that sour One taste time out of my the mouth. Whole, this was your only yep, fight this, only, this year? I only fight this year. Okay. So And I lost, so it's not a good feeling. Um, How many fights uh, are on this contract that you're on? I have one more left, and it's my contract's supposed to end by the end of this year. So... I'm hoping they honor it and I end up fighting one more time before the end of the year. Like I said, I want to get the sour taste out of my mouth. I want to fight and go in there and prove that that's not the person that I am. Prove it to myself. Prove it to everybody else because the first seven minutes of that fight versus the last eight minutes, completely different story. You know what I mean? You saw two different fighters. And uh, I want to go and show that I'm the fighter in the first round, every single round. And, I mean, you saw that in the fights before this. And I, I plan to show that from here on out. So, Regardless of who they give me, my next fight, I plan on going out there dominating. You know, if I get a finish or not, I want to put on an impressive performance, whether I get the finish or whether it goes all three rounds and I just dominate them all three rounds and get on the mic after, call them out again. If they want to make it, let's fucking do it. If they want to make have me fight somebody else or he fights for the title, which I don't believe he's going to win, uh, so be it. I'll win another one. I'll call him out again, you know, and then if they want to give me the title fight instead of fighting him, I'll take that. I'll win the title, and then I'll call him out. I'll give him a title shot, and then, you know, we'll fight again that way. So uh, either way, I want this fight back. And, you know, it's not that I'm not getting past it. I'm getting past the fight itself, but I want him again. You know, he's not the person that should have taken my L. There's people on this planet that are good enough, you know, to do that. I don't think he was. I just think I got stumbled and didn't listen to my coaches. Yep. Part of the game, part of the process. Um what do you think, you know, for somebody listening, I, I was listening to a, a recent interview that I sent you, uh, and I think it was Khabib talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an hour long. I was trying to figure out the part you were trying to get me to see. The, the, the whole thing. 
the whole thing. I went through the whole thing. You break it up. An hour and four four the whole, minutes. The whole thing. I started watching. I started watching it last night, and you were talking about the uh, Florida Gators documentary, and I started watching this, and I started getting a little hyped. So I was like, I got to turn yeah, this off right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, there's there's no way I would going. watch that before going to bed. If you if you watch that before going, it's going to be tough to go to bed. Yeah, after. and right, I right think now, you'll pull things from that interview. Yeah, and I was I was watching that interview and just like some of the uh, some of the editing that they were doing and everything and mixing it with the the interview and like part of his fight career and everything yeah. else. I was getting a little hype, so I was like, just in the intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I, I need to turn this off and yes. get back to it tomorrow because yes. my ass. I, yes. I Right now, my my knees hurt, my lower back's hurt. I would have been out running, you yes. know, at night because all the gyms were closed. So I would have yes. been going for a run. And, One of uh, the things on there that that uh, that they were talking about on on that podcast is is uh, his transition from uh, fighting to coaching, mm-hmm. and when he was he was talking about you know as a coach, one of the questions was how would you tell if somebody got it you know and and uh, and don't have and and somebody that's not going to make it, and uh, he gave his input on that, and uh, I'd like you know your input on that. Uh, but one of the one of the things that came up in that uh, where that question evolved to was he was saying, you know, guys that are um, working because they want to make money and um, because they want to make money, you know, they got to go work, you know, eight hours, you know, a day or whatever. And he's like, if somebody wants to really make it, uh, they got to go all in, you know, even if it was that uh, 5% or 1% that you're missing from having your focus on something else, you know, or working energy, something in your diet that you're missing because of that, it's going to affect you, you know, and, and he believes that if somebody truly is set on being a world champion, they need to cut out, you know, all those things going on in, in their life and, and jobs or anything like that and be willing to go broke if they have to, to go completely all in. Um, what what is the what is the preparation that you think it it requires to fight at the highest levels and um, to ultimately be a champion? What do you think? It, what like could you explain the the sacrifices that go into that and the preparation that goes into that? Because I don't think people you know that aren't in it. I don't think they understand. That's a long answer, uh, but touching up on what he's doing, you can't if you're. Like I told one of my buddies, and I'm not going to mention his name, he was trying to do real estate and fighting at the same time, and he was saying he was going to be a world champion, UFC champion, and he was going to be some great, successful real estate agent. I said, you can only choose one. I said, you can do them at separate times. I said, if you want to fight first and then do the real estate, you could be great at both. But if you're doing both of them at the same time, you're not going to be great at either. You'll be good or above average or you know, really good at both, but you're not going to be the best. And uh, that that applies for everything. You know, it's not just a job. If you're if you're fighting and you're only training once a day, you're not going to be the greatest. If you're fighting and you're training twice a day, but you're still going out to drink at night and you're getting six hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, you're not going to be a champ. If you're fighting and or you're training two times a day and in between practice, you're not resting and you're doing shit you shouldn't be doing. You're eating the wrong foods. You're not going to feel your greatest at practice. You're not going to be able to perform to your full potential. You're not going to be as good as you could possibly be. You're not going to be a world champion. I can keep giving these examples over and over and over again, but at the end of the day, everything needs to be dialed in. You need to have your complete focus on fighting. You have to train at least twice a day, sometimes three, but at the same time, you have to be smart enough to know when not to overtrain. Because if you overtrain, you overdo it, you're going to have counterintuitive results. No doubt. And you don't want that either. So you need to have a good coach in place to tell you when you need to take time off. You need somebody to design your schedule with a little bit of your help, too. You know, you, you, you know yourself. You know your own body. You, but you need somebody else to guide you. You need to be all in. Your diet needs to be all in. Your supplementation needs to be all in. Your sleep needs to be all in. What you're doing, your rest in between practice, what you're doing in between practices needs to be all in. Your focus at practice needs to be all in, you know. And... Uh, there's a lot of people that will goof around or slack off or go through the motions at practice. So you go to practice and you go through the motions and you're not giving it a hundred percent or, you know, you're like, okay, I know this move already. I'm just going to go through the motions. You might get worse at that move, you know, because now you're starting to slip. Practice doesn't make yeah. perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So if you're really good at a move already, 
but then you start doing it sloppy because you're already good at it, you're going to regress. That's that that'll happen with anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You you have a really good basketball player who makes three pointers all day long, but knows his technique, you know, and you took time to perfect that technique shot after shot after shot, made sure every time he was taking that shot on the basketball court, in the gym, whatever, when he was by himself sometimes, when he's with his coach, whatever, made sure he got every detail right. Then all of a sudden one day comes by where he's like, I'm already good enough at that. And he kind of like, he's focusing on other things in his game, which you need to do. But then when he does take that shot that he works so much time on, he forgets about the details. He just, you know, throws up the shot. He's going to regress. His shot's going to get worse. Everybody's going to wonder what happened. And are uh, you, are you, you know, would you define yourself? Do you think somebody from the outside looking in, if they watch your, uh, training and in your regiment would would you think they would describe you as as obsessed absolutely and i think the second part of that fight you you wouldn't you wouldn't think the same thing you know what i mean my my training and my dedication and my commitment to what i do did not show in the second half of that fight and uh like i said it kind of all mental for me and you have those mental lapses sometimes you just hope they're not on fight night and for me it was on fight night so I got I got some shit I need to work on. No doubt. You will. The the uh, the obsessed part of it. Ha have you had people from the outside um friends, family, others, you know, try to tell you like, you know, there's more to life than fighting. You know, all you the, shouldn't put all your time and energy. You got to go enjoy yourself. You should go do this, you should go do, do that. Have you ever heard that? All the time. No. And how do you process that? That they don't know. You know, some of them actually might mean the best when they say it, but they don't know. They don't understand. Not everybody is passionate about what you are or as passionate about something as you are. So at the end of the day, you can't always take it as an insult, I feel like. No doubt. Because it comes some from of a people, good place yeah, sometimes, some people, people yes. that care about you. Yeah, so sometimes it doesn't come from a good place. A lot of the time, I should say most of the time, but sometimes it really does. And they just don't understand. They don't understand your commitment to it. They don't see what you do in the gym. They just see what you do on fight night. They see what you, you know, uh, do on TV or, you know, at the fight shows, but they don't see everything that goes into it. They don't see the, the sacrifice. They don't see the blood, the tears, you know, there, there's a book out, um, an old book out that, uh, called be obsessed or be average. And this is one of the things that I said, you know, I'm passionate about, to where I'm, I'm, I'm open to taking criticism on if I have to of, I don't think you can be the greatest at something if you're not obsessed. I think you gotta be, I think if you show me an Olympic gold medalist, if you show me a champion, you show me the greatest at anything, I'm going to show you somebody that's obsessed. And, and I think the, where I've seen, you know, as a coach, people struggle is from hearing the outside noise of, Oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this because, you know, you're obsessed. You only live once. You shouldn't put that much time in. But if you want to be the greatest and you want to play at the greatest levels, uh, it's, it's a 24-7, 365 thing. It got to mm -hmm. be on your mind all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's an obsession. What, what things um, in your experience, you know, if you had to pinpoint uh, somebody, even if their skill set isn't there yet because skill set comes from reps over time and putting the time into the gym, what things do you think you would be able to spot as a person if you said, you know, to say this person has a chance to be great? You know, what 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 things have you learned in the gym from training or, or watching people? What things would stick out to you where, where you're like, yeah, I know quickly, you know, I think that person could be somebody that has a chance to be special? Well, f first thing is talent, athleticism. That's the first thing that sticks out. When you see somebody like potential. that, you're like, okay, this, yeah, potential. They got this the potential. Guy, this guy can be good. But then after that, you know, when you're when he's training, it's like, how much tenacity does he have? You know, is he relentless in the gym? When you're seeing him train, d does he have like that aggressiveness or the, the the will to do whatever it takes? You know, to be great. And you learn a lot about a lot about people in training, especially in this sport, because this sport isn't for the faint of heart, you know. So when shit gets tough, this this is the hardest thing to fucking do when you're fucking tired and when nobody else can fucking help you and you're in the gym sparring. And it's your fucking 10th training session of the week and you're dead tired and you got two rounds left and you're halfway into the sec second to last round and there's three minutes left and you're dead fucking tired. You know, what I mean, you, you find out who's 
going to be great and who's not, you know, at the end of the day in training because you don't have to be there. You know, on fight night, everybody gets paid. You know, everybody's fighting in front of millions of people. Everybody's fighting in front of their fans, their friends, their family. You know, that's where you get your bragging rights. You win. You you get to brag a little bit. You know, you get to be happy. You lose. You know, you're down. Uh, you're obviously upset. Or maybe you don't care. Maybe you just do it for money. But uh, in the gym, when you don't have to be there and – uh, nobody's forcing you to be there, especially in MMA. This is like a club sport, essentially. It's not the NFL. There's not organized practices. You, you find out who shows up and when they show up, how they're training when they show up. If somebody shows up and they're going through the motion. It's not just showing up. Yeah, because you can show up three times a day. Right. And you could train. You could slack off. You know, you could just go through the motion. Same as business. Yeah. Just I, I see there, people, just, they come to the office. You know, they, and their girlfriend or mother or this one says, oh, man, Johnny's in the, you know, they work so much. You know, they're there five days a week or six days a week. But if you see them in the office and you see what they're doing, it's like they're not focused. Duration and effort are two different things. You could be there for as long as you want, but if you're not putting in the effort, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a difference between working long and working hard. And I see people in the gym two to three times a day, but they go in there and they don't put the effort forward you know they're going 80 mm percent -hmm. you're not gonna be great checking the box yep i came mm -hmm. and then you got guys that go in once a day and put all their effort into one practice but they got more energy they can come back at nighttime mm -hmm. they know they should come back at nighttime and they and don't they don't they're not gonna be great you have guys that come in there and they work hard at both practices you're like okay this guy could be good but then he's going to get in trouble going and getting in trouble outside of practice he's drinking at nighttime he's partying he's not coming in on any sleep Sometimes so you think that tired. plays a role too bro everything partying like, going out on the weekend have, you have to have everything fucking dialed in with this man if one thing's wrong you know it can everything can shatter before your eyes you know when i'm hearing this and when i'm having this conversation with you this mirrors uh business same thing same thing i try to tell young people that i'm mentoring you know, in, in this game and in this process, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, what's the big deal? You know, I'm out Saturday night all night, you know, drinking because I work hard all week long. Yeah. What's the problem? Me going out till two, three o'clock in the morning, drinking and sleeping in the next day. And, it's yeah, and the people will be like, have a little bit of fun. You know, there's more to life than work. It's like, OK, have that attitude if you want to. That that's up to you. That's not the attitude I want to have. You know, I want to be like the you, best like I can you possibly know, fucking be. Like, when, do we, when did you tell me you're going to have a cigar with me? Whenever I fucking retire. Whenever I win a world championship, I can solidify myself, solidify my legacy as one of the best to ever do it. Right? So we've we, we been at places, and you'll chew cigar on a cigar bar. with me. Yep. And you're like, man, these, it looks cool to smoke these things. I can't <laughs> wait to smoke one. He said, I'm going to smoke one. I'm going to smoke one with you when I retire. That's when that's when I'm gonna smoke. But one. not just when I retire. After I win world championship, defend the belt, become one of the best to ever do it. And I still believe that I can be one of the best to ever do it. No doubt. I know. I know. I'm gonna win a world championship. You're, what are you now? 27. 27. 27. Just yesterday, you couldn't rent a car. 27. 27 years old. Uh, in that in that interview that you're gonna dig into, that hour long interview I sent you. Uh, he was talking about he he thinks like prime time from what he's experienced is like 30, 31, 32, you know, in the fight game. That was just his personal opinion. Yeah, I still that, have that a lot of fucking time. So much time, yeah. bro. And that's what I'm saying. So much we, time. Look at you at 22 and look at you at 27. Look at the difference yeah. in everything yeah. in your life. Imagine 27 to I have one loss 32. now, but I'm a much better fighter. No doubt. And in life, you're just better all the way around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Beautiful. I think the uh, I think the the thing that that I'm trying to get at for the listeners because we have a diverse group of, of people that that listen to this is I want people to to understand what it requires in order to play at that level in order to in order to to fight at that level in order to be in business at that level I think the the thing that's tougher you know in in your business is that like you said it's it's millions of people you know mm -hmm. uh viewing gets, you viewing nobody, your loss you know viewing you at that moment like an animal yeah you know nobody what i mean gets a, nobody gets a tv channel to watch people you know build their businesses or what they're doing day in and day out 
They just see if they're successful or not. No doubt. You know, people will see the same thing on TV when they're watching fighters, but they actually have a front row seat or a TV to watch that happen. That moment. You know what I mean? Yep. But they still don't see everything that goes Everything that it. goes in behind the scenes. Yep. And we've talked about this before. Somebody rolled up next to you when you were in your Bentley and they're screaming, fuck you and all this other shit. Like, they hate you for no reason. You know, they hate you because you're ses- successful. They see you driving that car and they obviously they automatically think all these bad things. Kind of goes the same with fighting where, you know, I just had my first loss and everybody there. I see, like I told you, I see the people on Facebook send people send me screenshots. Brother, I've had the same yeah. thing. People sending me screenshots yep. of people behind it. And it blew yep. some blew my mind uh-huh. when I went through my low adversity of, yeah. of some, blew my mind of the people that I've been nice to that would say something so yeah. crazy. Yeah, but on both ends, you know, they see they see you win and then they see you lose and like especially with the stuff you went you went through, there was a lot of people that were seeing you lose too. And you see how they react and it's like it doesn't bother us obviously at all. You know, we get through it. We know we're going to be good regardless. No matter what happens, we're going to be good. But these people, they see you get down and they're like, "Oh, See, I knew I was right about that person the entire time. Look what happened. Yeah, he, he should figure something new out. This isn't going to work out for him. It's like, that's how you view it. You know what I mean? You get a front row seat to watch my entire life, and I lose once, and you think that I should get a new career. Do I get a front row seat to your life? No. I don't get, no the, I don't get a, you know cameras and a TV screen or front row seats that I get to pay to come watch you in your office try to – you Take know, an L. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try try to get these contracts or try to get your, your yes. workers to do this or have when your your people don't show up and you have a bad day at work or you don't meet a certain quota or whatever. I don't get a front row seat to that. You know, I don't get a television screen to see that. I don't get to pay tickets to see that happen. You guys are paying money for, you know, the Showtime subscription or paying money to come watch me fight and hoping that I lose. That's a miserable way to live life. It is a miserable that way. That is a to miserable live life. way to live no life. And then when I finally do lose and I have, you know, a hiccup or a little bump in the road and you are so happy that that happened, that tells me you were so miserable up until that point. That's a long time coming. That was a long time to sit there and wait for me to lose. Like, you know what I mean? Finally. It's like, yeah, I it's let like, loose. Yeah, and it's like, I could party. Fuck, I, yes. I really feel bad for you. If you waited that long, it's like no it's been, I've been fighting for what, six years now? You waited fucking six years, and every single fight you get your hopes up and you get so happy, like, I can't wait to watch this motherfucker lose tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And then I don't Come lose. Come on, be the one for me, dog. And then I don't fucking lose. Do it lose. for me. I don't fucking lose, and then they're like, fuck, he isn't fighting anybody good. You know? Yes. And then I fight, so, I, I mean, all my opponents were good in Bellator, but that I fight somebody like Aaron Jeffrey. And he's good enough at certain spots to give me my first loss. Regardless of whether I made mistakes or not, he capitalized on them. Mm-hmm. I can't take anything away from him. Yep. But the end of the day, I have one loss, and then they're like, I told you he wasn't that good. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, if I had a front row seat, like we said, to your life, how many times would I have been able to say this to you? I would have been able to say it a lot. But guess what? Even though I... And was am able to say I can guarantee I can say it. I'm not gonna. No, I don't care that much. I'm not letting you control my life. Even if you hate me, I don't hate you. This is gonna make you better. You know what I mean? It is for sure. I know. You know, we've had our our conversations, and you know, my nickname for Dalton is Doctor Rasta, right? Because he's smarter than he looks. You know, he don't look that smart, but he's he's smart. He could have been a doctor. He could have been an attorney. You could have definitely been a good attorney. You like to argue and debate. Loves I to do. argue and argue and debate. One mm-hmm. of our hundred debates that we had was. That's what I'm talking about. People only get to see me fight. They don't know that I like to do this shit. Right. <laughs> no doubt. Smart as hell. Like a doctor. Right. So, so one of our debates or one of our things you, you've said to me, you know, because I told you I process haters differently than, than you've processed mm-hmm. haters is. I've told you, haters do what to me? They fuel you. They motivate the shit yeah. out of me. And you're like, man, it's, I'm indifferent. You know, I don't, they don't fuel me or unfuel me or, or whatever. Um, I think some haters are, are motivating you right now, bro. You think I, so? I'm I think, having fun with I, it, I think man. You are, this, but I think they're motivated. You, but, but you're stubborn, so you'll never admit it to me. 
Listen, Maybe if, when if, you get if a anybody, gray in your beard, if, you'll admit it. To no, me. listen, it's, but if I know anybody, you. Hey, if anybody you're getting, watching, they're motivating you. Listen, right if now. anybody watching, like, is watching and listening to me talk, and they think that, all right, if they're able to say it, and I ha- there's multiple people that say, okay, fine, I'll admit to it. You know what I mean? But uh, that's not the way that I'm. I feel like when I'm expressing this, that mm-hmm. I, that it's it should be taken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. getting a laugh out of it. I'm, you know, this. I'm I'm saying it doesn't affect me. Yep. You know what I mean, it's like you waited that long. For me to have a loss, you know what I mean. Imagine how miserable you were. Yep. And it's not going to last long. You know what yep. I mean. You're going to go back to being miserable right after this. So it's like, I'm having the, fun with it. For, At the end of the day, me, they're miserable. I'm not. The digestion for me is is uh, it doesn't affect me negatively, and that's honest, hundred mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. at all. None of the hate mm-hmm. ever affects me negatively, yeah. but it does affect me positively. It does me personally. It lights me up. Like, thank you so much because of you. Now we're going to double up after this because without that little extra burn, when I, when I get a little bit of tired or if I get a little bit of, uh, now I can't retire. I can't until we, until we do this. Cause I got to uh-huh. dunk on you. You know what I mean? Well, for me, listen, you, you probably seen a lot of the comments on my, my posts after the fight. A lot of these people, I don't even know that I'll never know a day in my life. I had to on fight my shit. myself back from not, not getting in back. the mud. I deleted yeah. a couple. Listen, there's I a lot. I deleted a few. <laughs> I went and I'm like, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. Can't, I can't listen, go but down there's this a lot of, rabbit listen, hole right now. There was a lot of people on there defending me, like commenting back to these other people. that I, I wouldn't even have expected. You know what I mean? People that I don't really talk to. People that I only know from social media. People that were just fans of me, and they're still a fan, you know, fighting with other other people that were fans, and now they're haters because I got a few <laughs> of those comments too. Like, oh, I was a fan, but now I'm not. People blah, blah, were blah. trolling Gina. Really? Yeah. How so? Making comments, smart comments on her stuff on on her page yeah, i had to pull her to the side to talk about it and i really? said just call natalie if you want to know how to handle this stuff because See, welcome to congratulations on being pretty and your husband having a butter face i mean being handsome <laughs> your man being handsome <laughs> oh, man. and 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 being a champion and being a professional this is what you this is what you get too so call nat if you want to know how to handle it because natalie handles it all with style and grace too she don't doesn't See, she I didn't know that, but I was I was 100% prepared prepared for it to happen to me, you know. And I'm I'm reading these comments, and like I said, I'm getting kicks out of them because it's like at the end of the day, none of these people will do what I do, and it's easy to criticize me. No doubt, it's easy to criticize me from the couch. It's it's not like I said, it's not going to motivate me because a lot of these people like they have fake profile pictures. Their profiles are private. They have 100 yes. followers and follow, follow a thousand people. Yes, it's like come on. Let's be realistic here. Why would your opinion the hold shit any they're weight saying, over wow. me? Yeah. I'd like to see them get in the cage with you. Yeah, but at the end of the day, let Since them say they got what, so much advice. <laughs> let them say what they fucking want. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I really did not have any desire to comment back to most of you. the shit. You That's know what good. I mean? Like, I don't I care. I tell you this, man. I, I didn't know after, and I got, I got to, I want to ask you about, um, like even right now in between, you know, getting ready for the next fight here, being here in Pittsburgh, when you're going back to, uh, Fort Lauderdale, yeah. right. That's where it's at. Yeah. Lauderdale, Lottie Dottie. Right. So the, uh, <laughs> the, the, like when you're going back, but I, I would just, uh, I, I want to ask you when, when you wrap up, uh, a fight camp and a fight, you know, after you have, I, you didn't have a gazillion blueberry, uh, Red Bulls or none of the energy drinks and stuff. I didn't think you were going to go out after. I didn't think you were going to go, we were going to go eat, you know, after I'm like, I don't know how you were going to process this, you know, so you going to be like, fuck it. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go eat with everybody, be around all these people, you know what I mean? And all that stuff. I thought you handled it pretty well, you know, to, to just say, I'm down to, I'm going to oh. go get cleaned up. I'm going to go eat with everybody. I'm going to go hang out, you know, still with everybody and realize what do I, what do I get by life goes on room. dog. Like listen, life this goes is, on. I'll be honest with you. This is my fucking life. It fucking hurt. It stung. No doubt. But what do I get from sulking in the, in my fucking hotel room away from everybody? Right. All those people came out to see me fight. You know what I mean? They came to support me. They love me. And, uh, you know what, if anything, I should be around those people. I feel like, you know what I mean? If I, not that they would have been upset if I didn't go out to eat with them, you know, not that they expected it, but I'm sure it made them all happy 
to know that even whenever I lose, I'll still go out to eat with them. I'll still hang out with them. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world. Fighting is, is my life. You know what I mean? And winning does mean everything to me. You know, I'm the type of person, like, I want to win at all, all costs. You know, I had an argument with Junior uh, Dos Santos in the sauna the one day where he was like, oh, winning isn't everything. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's okay to lose. I'm like, no, it's not okay to lose. You know what I mean? Sometimes Did you know how happy lose. you were to get in a debate? You're like, yes, yeah, I finally I I got somebody. I got but somebody. I wrote them in. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, listen, man, it's not fucking okay to lose. I don't care what you say. I understand you're older. You have kids now. It's not okay to lose. I would never tell my kids it's okay to lose. I would never tell myself it's okay to lose. It's not. It's not. That was not okay what fucking happened, you know? But it does fucking happen. You need to learn to brush yourself off and move the fuck on. And I knew if that day ever fucking came, I'd be able to fucking handle it. And I did. I didn't expect the day to come, but I'm, I knew there was a fucking chance, you know? And I didn't expect it to be that fucking dude. That dude was not... He shouldn't have fucking beat me. He wasn't good enough to beat me, but he fucking beat me. Shit happens in the fucking fight game. Right. And it was a combination of my mistakes and his fucking skill. You know what I mean? His fucking gas tank. He, he had a good gas tank. I knew we that knew going that. into the fight. We knew that. You know what I mean? I knew that I struggle with my gas tank whenever I grapple. Whenever I'm heavily grappling, I could fucking strike all day long. My lungs are good, but my muscles fatigue. You know what I mean? So I knew that was going to be a problem. I played right into his fucking game plan. First round, I didn't. I did in the clinch a little bit, but I was still following my game plan for the most part, and I could have won doing that all fight long. Got in his game plan, you know what I mean? Ended up fucking losing because I played right into fucking what he wanted to do. And congrats to him. You know, he stuck to his game plan. He executed it well. I fought dumb. And, you know, he'd been there. He got four losses. Oh, yeah. He'd been there. He'd been there before. You know what I mean? It's all good. Yeah, it is. And no, you don't. I'm I'm sure he had the people. I thought he handled himself decent, too. Yeah. He, he didn't talk a bunch of shit. No, he's a, he's a pretty stand-up guy, it, it seems throw like. Throw it in your face or nothing. No, he's a pretty stand-up guy. But I, I he was definitely ha- – I mean, he has every right to brag and say what he wants. But I think if he's being honest with himself, he knows who the, who the better fighter was the first round. It's like there's a difference between being in better shape and being a better fighter. You know, the best fighter on the planet, when they get tired, they don't mean fucking much. You know no what I mean? You could have John Jones. If he's dead tired, no energy Brother, left. Brother, I know uh, – you know, the, that third round, you know, being trapped, you know, like that underneath. And he was trying to cut the corner, you know, to your back, uh, no, to take your back. I and you weren't letting – I mean, I, I know what that requires. You know, I, and I told you after, I'm like, man, if anything, my, my level of, of uh, respect for you went up because I know what it's like to be like you got nothing left. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow mentally you're able, you in were able to do that. Practice, I have no idea. In jujitsu and practice, everybody's like, okay, I'll just pull guard, let him pass my guard. If I get submitted, we start again. You know right. what I mean? It's practice. Right. But in a fight, it's win or lose in there. You know what I mean? There's no in between. It's win or lose. I mean, there's a draw, but fucking, obviously you don't want to get a fucking draw either. So it's win or lose in my head, you know, do or die. Yep. And I was dead fucking tired. You know, and it's like I still, at the end of the day, did not want to get finished. Did not want to give up the fucking takedown. You know what I mean? He was trying to spin and take my back. I did not want to give it up. You know, I used every bit of fucking energy I had. Every Amazing, time he started bro. circling to fucking grab that opposite Amazing. fucking leg. And I know it wasn't I know fucking what pretty. Takes. I know it wasn't fucking fun at the end of that fight that I just sat there and hung on his fucking leg. But that's all I fucking had. You know, I was trying to get the takedown. You see me try to circle a few times. Um, I'm hanging on to it, like, hoping, like, I don't have any energy. Like, I'm literally completely gassed, completely exhausted, nothing. And uh, I'm waiting for him to just, like, hopefully ease up and make a mistake. Like, he's like, okay, this guy's tired. And then he's like, he gets lazy, makes a mistake, and then I could capitalize on it, end up in a good position, rest, and then when I'm not under him and get back at it, you know what I mean? But... It happened the way it happened, and I can't take it back, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to go like dead-ass tired. I'm not going to fucking, you know, struggle to get back to my feet and not have any reaction fucking time and fucking get knocked out just for the sake of fans having a fucking fun fight. I gave you guys a fucking fun fight for the first fucking seven minutes, you know what I mean? And that's because of shit that happened in the fight and because of me fighting stupid. That's all I could fucking give you, you know what I mean? But I gave it my fucking all for that seven fucking minutes. And after that, I had nothing left, you know what I mean? And I just, like, at that point, I don't want to say it was trying to survive, but it was trying to wait for an opening to take. And yes. if he gave me the opening and I was able without to Without doing take something it, stupid yourself. Yeah, or without, you know, I had nothing left in the gas tank. So it's like if I do something stupid now 
it could be the fucking end. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. So it's like, do I let the fight fucking end now by doing something stupid? Or do I try to wait it out to let him make a mistake from being frustrated from me just hanging on his leg? And then next thing you know, I could take over the fucking fight. If I if, if the fight goes the whole 15 minutes, I give myself an opportunity for every single second that goes to the fight, even though I'm stuck under him. Right. You know? Right. But if I fucking get Truth. knocked out just Fact. for the sake of pleasing fans... I lost either way. You right. know what I mean? So it's right. like, Amen. do I give myself a chance or not? So I, I try to give myself a chance. Amen. And at me, for like I said, for me, it's win or lose. In the gym, if that fucking happens, you get tired, you could fall to your back fucking pool guard. You can just let him submit you and you start over again. You could slack off. But in a fight, when this dude's trying to take your head off, I'm trying to take his head off. He's trying to take mine. We're both fighting for money. We're both fucking uh, fighting for the wins on our record, fighting for our legacy. You know, there's not like I'm not so many people. He, he locked in that darse a couple of times and was trying to spin to my side. I heard him say after in an interview saying, like, he felt me like I, like I broke. I didn't break. I was tired. I had nothing left in me. If I broke, you would have got that choke. He tried choking me with a 10-finger. He tried ch ch choking me with a darse. He tried going with an anaconda the one time and rolled under. He didn't get me with any of the shit. I didn't let him take my back. I could have let him take my back. How many times has Conor McGregor got tired in a fight and he let Nate Diaz take his back and choke him out? He let uh, fucking Habib take his back and choke him out. That's quitting. That's broken. I wouldn't let him take my back. I wouldn't let him finish me. I, would not let, I, I wouldn't let him get that choke. He tried choking me three different ways. I could have let him take my back and choke me. I could have let him take my back and just cover it up and let the ref stop it for a TKO. I didn't do any of that. Amen. I'm not a fucking quitter. It might have looked sloppy. It might have looked a little humiliating in the third round because I had nothing left. But at the end of the day, I did not fucking quit, and I would never fucking quit. No doubt. Speaking of not quitting, what I think the last one I got for you is is in between fights. So you get done with one fight. Mm -hmm. you, you, you rest a little bit. You eat some things, mm -hmm. you know, all that. You enjoy yourself a little bit. How long before you 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 get back to training? You know, typically of like, all right, you know, I'm 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 getting back at it. Like already, you're it ain't like you're back in Florida and you you're going three times a day. But mm -hmm. right now, you just said you were already training. You just went fifteen rounds or whatever. Yeah, you know, boxing, boxing wise. And, and how, how long typically before you start back at it? Like not full blown. Like I'm in fight camp, but like. How long after the fight typically before I'm, I'm back at it? You're in the gym somewhere, you're wrestling, you're grappling, you're boxing, mm. you're doing something. At this point, I would have been doing everything. It wouldn't have been fight camp intensity. It would have been more technique and skill work and stuff, but it still would have been, I probably would have been sparring by this point. I would have been going live rounds, but a uh, little bit of a back injury, a little bit of a knee injury. Uh, it's causing that to be delayed. So... It's taking a little bit longer. Uh, like you said, I've been boxing the past couple of days. I tried training on Monday. I did, but uh, was, you know, handicapped a little bit by the injuries and went a little bit lighter. Took Tuesday off because of it. Wednesday. How long has it been since the Two fight? weeks today. Two weeks. So, I so is it typically, is it, is it off. typically a week, a week off and then you're back at it? Yeah. So I usually get back to lifting, which is new the past couple fights. You know what I mean? But, uh. The past couple fights, I would get back to lifting like three, four days after the fight, but I wouldn't get back to like actual like jujitsu or uh, striking or sparring or anything until at least a week after the fight. I let my body heal. Um, there was a fight where I fought in Phoenix. You came to that one too against Dwayne Johnson, and uh, my shins were all fucked up from like all the kicking I was doing because he was southpaw, and we worked a lot of kicking during that fight camp, and I was doing it during the fight. And my shins were fucked, and I couldn't like even put my shin on the mat. I couldn't even put it on a bed. You know, it hurt so bad. So I took a little bit longer for that one, too. So it was probably the same time frame as this. But uh, those were self-inflicted injuries versus this one. I took an illegal elbow and hammer fist to my spine. Uh, my knee was a little compromised in, in the camp, but it ended up coming fight time being what I believe to be 100%. And then I got kicked in it a few times, and I've been having issues with it since the fight. But it didn't affect me during the fight, I don't think. Uh, so letting that heal a little bit too, but um, it's it's coming along. My knee's pretty close to 100%. My back's getting there. You know, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it's getting there. So hopefully next week I can start training like full blow, full go. You know, yep. get back to grappling at the Matt Factory before I leave and head back down to Florida because uh, I definitely want to get in there with Isaac. What uh to 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 wrap up, you know, to anybody listening, 
uh, going through a transition, you know, where they, they in business and life, you know, feel like they took a loss uh, mentally. Uh, what, what would you say to those, to those people to uh, give them any wisdom or any inspiration, anything like that as we close out? I would just say it happens. You know what I mean? Don't let it get you down. Don't let it upset you. It's a part of life. Everybody goes through it, whether they say they do or not, you know, whether it's in practice behind closed doors, in front of people, everybody experiences it differently. But uh, don't let it drag you down because it can be the end of you if you do. And But if you don't let it, like you said, it could be a motivator. Uh, it could make you better. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's not the end of the world. And for me, you know, I, I believe, I truly believe this is only going to make me better. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to leave the broken pieces on the floor and move on. Love it. Amen. Well, got your back on your journey, brother. Proud of you. Hercules. Dr. Rasta in the house in the Grindcast room again uh, to be continued uh, on on the journey to uh, to your world title, man. Thanks for taking some time out to come come bang with us and hang with us in the Grindcast room, bro. We appreciate you. No problem. Love coming all the time, bro. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Yeah.